Welcome, everyone, to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. It's February 20th, 2022. 2-2-0-2-0-2-2. Okay. I hope everybody's enjoying their day so far. It's a wonderful morning here in New York City. And as always, we are armed and ready to serve justice wherever it takes us with all my great listeners here on the Red Apple Audio Network. I also want to make sure I hear from you in just a little bit. We're going to be taking your calls right here on the Friends of the Court hotline. You know the number. It's 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. Make sure you give us a call and share your thoughts. You know, that's my favorite part of the show. I like to know what you're thinking. I like to know if I'm getting it right, although I'm convinced I am. But uh, there is so much that happened this week. Uh, you know, we've got those truckers in Canada. Canada that are, uh, you know, that are still digging in deep. Uh, They really don't much care about what Trudeau's got to say, uh, and neither do I, but it's worth talking about because I think Trudeau is out of his mind crazy. Uh, And then we've got the police captain who ran for mayor in New York City saying that he could deal with crime differently and effectively and fix the streets. Well, he goes to Albany and uh, does nothing. And then, of course, we've got the rest of the Democrats blaming everybody for the fact that they can't fight crime. Uh, And also, we've got uh, Alec Baldwin sued this week by Helena Hutchins, the woman that he shot uh, on that set of Rust, uh, where, if you recall, he came out right in the beginning and talked about how much he loved her. Well, that love fest only went on for so long. He is now a defendant in a civil lawsuit for wrongful death for the wife and mother a 10-year-old child. So we're going to get to all those topics, break it all down for you here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Plus, later on in the show, I will gavel out with my closing arguments. It's all coming up in just a few moments here on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. But first, it's time for my opening statement. So now we've got uh, the, the Democrats who are saying to themselves, look, We're in deep doo-doo here. It seems that the Republicans are more in sync with the public than we are. Now, ain't that a shock? Ain't that a shock? The Democrats, the ones who've locked us down, who've got all these mandates, who are, who are, you know, not at all affected by the fact that crime is running rampant, who passed the laws across this country that allowed for defendants to get out with no bail, no bail, so that they can reoffend again. And yes, they do reoffend again. They kill, they stab, they maim, and they mutilate again. And that's all because the Democrats want social justice. Well, honestly, I don't know what social justice is. And I've been a prosecutor, a judge, and a DA for over three decades. Explain to me what social justice is. I'd like to know what I believe in is real justice. Real justice occurs when the laws are followed and there are consequences to your criminal behavior, but not anymore. No, no, the Democrats aren't interested in real justice. They're not interested in victims. They're not interested in punishing criminals. All they want is to get people out of jail because they think that the jails are a bad place for criminals to be. So they have a liberal crime excuse tour. And on this liberal crime excuse tour, 
we've got everybody taking blame or putting blame on why there's so much crime. AOC is actually Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is actually blaming baby formula for the smashing grabs. And the White House says Trump is responsible for the insane rise in hate crimes. So the White House is doing what they do best. They blame Trump for the insane rise in hate crimes. And I want you to take a listen to what Jen Psaki said. And we've seen this rise, unfortunately, because of uh, hate-filled rhetoric and language around the, um, the origins of the pandemic. Um, and that is something that Asian Americans across the country have been feeling. So Jen Psaki is talking about hate-filled rhetoric and language around the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic as a driving force behind an uptick in hate crimes against Asian Americans. Now, she's talking about uh, uh, responding to a question from a reporter who questioned the White House's response to a rise in crime against Asian Americans and recent statement from an Olympic snowboarder, Chloe Kim, who, according to the Associated Press, said she faced daily torment online and fears for safety of her parents when she learns of assaults on Asians in America. And so Jet Saki talks about putting together a task force And AOC is blaming baby formula for smash and grabs. She actually says that it's the child credit that is no longer available that is of cause for the rise in the smash and grab. Now, this woman doesn't have a clue. First of all, I actually contacted my own accountant and I said, you know, is there is is the child tax credit? Is that is that being affected now? Is that gone He said, no, it's absolutely not gone. And so now we've got a mayor in New York City whose excuse for uh, not getting uh, uh, any movement in Albany on getting rid of the law that allows uh, uh, suspects who are arrested to get out of jail immediately. He comes back from Albany, the state capital in New York, and he says, I went there to make sure that they could, you know, repeal the law which allows these criminals to get out on bail freely. And he comes back and he discusses bail reform. And instead of reporting on the visit, he pulls out the race card at a press conference telling the press that they're not diverse enough, they're not black or brown enough to criticize him that his story is being interpreted by people who don't look like him. Mr. Mayor, we don't need to look like you to understand or interpret crime. Whether you're black or brown or Asian or white, pain reflects in the same color, and that is red. All victims bleed red. You went to Albany to fight for New Yorkers and fight for the crime victim, and you come back and you pivot to the race card, which is an irrelevant crutch. And as for the press corps, aren't you the one who actually allows them in to ask questions? Don't you decide who comes in to ask questions? And it's curious, though, this mayor, Eric Adams, in New York, never criticized the press corps before he was elected. 
And instead of coming back from Albany and calling out those people who don't want to change the law, like Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Carl Heasty, members of your own party, Mr. Mayor, you should have said, you know what? I told them that we can no longer tolerate the repeat offenders and career criminals being released to reoffend again and again. No. Does he call them out? No. Does he say on behalf of victims, we're pleading with you to change the law? No. He doesn't even talk about it. Look, Mr. Mayor, we don't need a lecture on diversification in newsrooms any more than we need a lecture on diversity in the autopsy rooms. I've seen them, and so has just about everybody in law enforcement. And this nonsense by the Democrats blaming Donald Trump for an increase in Asian hate crimes, and I haven't heard anyone say that, Anyone who's a victim say, oh, you know, they said Donald Trump is responsible for this, basically saying it's a hate crime because of Donald Trump. And I haven't seen anyone talking about the fact that, oh, I'm stealing this Louis Vuitton purse because I can't get my child tax credit, which, by the way, is still available to them. Here's the bottom line, folks. The the Democrats don't know what to do. They know they're in a pickle. They know the public understands that they're not interested in fighting crime. They're not interested in fighting on behalf of the victim. The only thing that the Democrats are interested in is power and winning. The fact that people are bleeding along their path to power is irrelevant to them. It's collateral damage to them. They have no concern. And so they come up with excuse after excuse. And you mark my word. When they start getting closer to the midterm, all of a sudden, the defund the police gang, the the gang that denigrated law enforcement, they're the ones who are now going to be saying, oh, we never never said defund the police. We never meant to say that. It's a bunch of hogwash, folks, and don't ever forget it. Don't ever trust anyone who makes a decision that is contrary to what you believe and contrary to your moral core, and then right before an election, they change their mind. They haven't changed their mind. They put on a mask. They put on a mask so you don't know what's behind them. Just like Joe Biden came in on a Trojan horse. We didn't know what was in that Trojan horse, and now we find out that that Trojan horse is nothing more than a cover for a socialist agenda to devalue the dollar, to put more money into society so that inflation is through the roof right now. And the bottom line with inflation through the roof is that Americans are hurting. And let me just add another lunatic to my open. This guy, Trudeau, Justin Trudeau, the prime minister in Canada, this guy, after two weeks, He wants to start arresting those in the Freedom Convoy. I'm with the truckers. You mark me down with the truckers. They locked down businesses for a year, a year and a half. People couldn't come out of their homes. People couldn't go to business. Mom and pop stores were closed for good, but you could go to the big box stores and buy whatever you wanted. And now Justin Trudeau, who for, for a year and a half, like everyone else, 
hailed the truckers as the heroes, the, the people who were there making sure that we got food and gasoline and medication and everything, who were risking their lives, who were essential workers. Now Justin Trudeau is trashing them. He's freezing funds. He's arresting them. This is lunacy. But it's no surprise, folks, because I guarantee you don't know this. The country that Justin Trudeau admires more than any other country in the world. I want you to think about it. The Prime Minister of Canada, the guy, as far as I'm concerned, is a dictator. But the country that he admits he admires most, take a listen. There's a level of of, uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, Because their basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say, we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. I mean, there is a flexibility that I know Stephen Harper must dream about of having a dictatorship that he could do everything he wanted. Uh, that I find quite interesting. So this halfwit, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, shutting down the Freedom Convoy, shutting and freezing their uh, assets, or trying to, accusing a Jewish member of parliament of standing with the swastika waivers. This guy admires China the most in terms of countries in the world because it's a dictatorship. That should say it all, folks. This is who the left is. Don't ever forget it, and especially in the midterms in November. And that's my opening statement right here on the Sunday morning Tunnel to Towers show. Never forget, join the Tunnel to Towers Foundation on its mission to do good in honor of America's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Never forget, that's the commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is an economist, an author, an advisor to President Trump's 2016 presidential campaign, as well as other presidential campaigns. He's an editorial writer. Please join me in welcoming Steve Moore to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Uh, he hosts more money on 77 at WABC every Saturday from 1 to 2. Uh, and he co-founded and served as president of Club for Growth. He's a former member of the Wall Street Journal editorial board. And let me tell you, I could go on and on, folks. Let me just put it this way. The guy is really, really smart. And uh, he just wrote a book. I got it. You got to listen to this. Govzilla, not Godzilla, Govzilla. How the relentless growth of government is eating everything up. I don't know. It's eating something up. But anyway, Steve Moore, welcome to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Sunday morning show. Hi, Judge. Great to be with you. I love watching you on the five afternoon. You do uh, a great job. And, And by the way, is this. WABC, is this the greatest talk radio station? You know in the what? Country? I got to tell you, we got to give it to Casamitidis. John Casamitidis has really gotten a, 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 a group of talented people who just say it like it is. And I love it. I really do. It's like, it's like a, uh, it's a very friendly, very, uh, you know, tell all it like of us. it is. Yeah, tell it, tell like, it like it is, and we're all we're all respectful of each other, and it's a great That's group right. of people. So anyway, um, let's talk about it. All I know about the economy is this. Every time Joe Biden opens his mouth, we're deeper in the tank. Right. Now, I want to talk about two tanks, 
everybody's yeah. wallet and the gas tank. Hit it, yeah. Steve Moore. Well, I mean, you're right. I, I, I'm so frustrated because let me just give you a statistic that you're not going to believe that, that, you know, the, the month that uh, Donald Trump left office in January 2021, when the voters made, a, I think, a big, big mistake. I think most people realize that now. Um, the uh, you know what the inflation rate was in January of 2021? Please tell me. I, I really want to uh, know. Tell me. Yeah, people, people are going to be shocked. When I ask people, they usually say three or four percent. No, it was one point six percent when Trump left office. Here we are. 13 months later, and the inflation rate isn't 1.6%. It's close to 10%. That's amazing. That's amazing that you could be that incompetent <laughs> to yep. raise the inflation rate by that much, you know, sevenfold in just uh, 13 months. And this is a result of one bad policy after another. And it really starts, in my opinion, Judge, with the $5 trillion of spending and debt. That, that Joe Biden keeps keeps adding. He wants another $5 trillion. He still hasn't even given up on the uh, Build Back. I call it the Build Back Broker Bill. He calls it Build Back Better. Yeah, well, that makes sense. But let me, let me ask you this, Steve, for my listeners. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's got this $5 trillion. Hasn't even, it hasn't even all been spent yet. He wants to spend right. more. To me, the way I see it is this way. Every time he put, makes another dollar and puts it into the economy, my dollar is worth less and buys less. Is that accurate? I, I got to look at it in my head. Yeah, you, you get an A in economics today. That's exactly right. I mean, that's a good way to describe it. So if you just flush, you know, inflation is, you know, you learn this in, in uh, most of us in high school. Inflation is too many dollars in the economy chasing too few goods, and that raises prices. And that's exactly what's happening. We keep flushing all this cheap money into the economy, and that means the dollars you have in your bank account, the dollars you have in your wallet, the dollars you get in your paycheck are worth less. I mean, we, my wife and I go a couple times a week to the grocery store. Uh, we've got a pretty big family, so we spend, usually spend about $200, $200 each time we go to the grocery store. Now we're paying $230, $240. Yep. You know, that, that's, and, and that, you know, for people, here's the other thing. For people who are living on fixed incomes or people who oh, are- Oh, it's, uh, it's so income, difficult. They're getting crushed. They're getting crushed. Yes, yes. Well, let me ask you this. They say that the average American family, and this was last month, it's gone up, is spending an additional $250 a month with yes. uh, with inflation. Yes. And you know what, Judge? That is a tax, right? That's a yeah. tax on your paycheck. So when I always laugh every time Joe Biden says, oh, I'm not going to raise tax for uh, oh. uh, anybody making less than 400000 Folks, he already has. Every time you go to the gas pump, every time you go to the grocery store, you're paying with the BIT. You know what the BIT is? No. The Biden inflation tax. Interesting. Well, you know what? You say you laugh every time he says something. I, he, I laugh every time I see him before he says something because I know he's yeah. going to say something that makes no sense. And, you know, the whole idea to me, this is uh, and I have to be uh, I want to be at least fair here. The right. idea of shutting down our pipeline and then begging right. OPEC and, and, and Russia to, you know, loosen up to give us more gas and putting Americans in the harm's way in terms of not having the ability to pay for gas. And, and you know, it is painful. It's not just painful putting money in your gas tank. What about the people who save very little of their money and then all of a sudden it goes into the gas tank? This man is, is, is cruel. He is a pr well, cruel president. You know, it's funny you should use the word cruel because I, I've described inflation as the cruelest of all taxes because it's a, it's a, it hits the, the people at the bottom end of the scale the most. And seniors, don't forget about senior citizens who are yes. you know, living 
fixed income. Now, all of a sudden, their life savings gets depleted, Judge. So it, it is, it's got to stop. And look, I've got to mention the energy thing, which you brought up. Uh, that's the other thing that's so amazing. Let's go back to January 2021. Let's turn back the clock again. So for the first time in your and my lifetime, at the end of, of uh, Donald Trump's presidency, uh, we were completely energy independent. We were actually exporting more oil and gas than we were importing. Mm-hmm. And now, as you just said, how embarrassing and, and destructive is it that now we have a president who has to go hat in hand to the Saudis and the Russians and ask them to increase their oil output when we're not increasing our oil output in in Texas, in Oklahoma, in Alaska, North Dakota, in, in West Virginia. Well, by the way, we have more oil, gas, and coal than any other country in the world. Why aren't we using it? But you know what's amazing, Steve Moore? He never discusses the reason that he closed the pipeline. Just on day one, I'm closing it. Bang. Well, your lips to God's ears. Steve Moore, we love having you on. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, you make some sense out of some of this crazy stuff. <laughs> okay. Take care. Thanks, God. Have a All great right. weekend. Take care. Never forget, that's the commitment we made on 9-11. Honor it by donating $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers Foundation at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Up next, here on the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show, we will be speaking with Fox News contributor Laura Trump when the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show returns. Welcome back to the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Joining us now is a very special person, a friend, and someone you all know and respect, Laura Trump, who's not only the daughter-in-law of former President Donald Trump, but is someone who is an independent voice and someone that many look to uh, for a future uh, run for political office, Laura Trump. All right, Laura, thanks so much for joining us on this Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Now, uh, the first question, Laura, I'm going to ask you is, are the walls closing in on Hillary Clinton over the explosive allegations from John Durham? The special counsel's investigation is accelerating after accusing the Clinton campaign of paying a tech company to link Donald Trump to Russia. What say you, Laura Trump? Well, good morning. Great to be with you, Judge. And thank you for that introduction. Maybe you know something about a political office I'm running for that I don't. But <laughs> well, we're all we will wishing see. and hoping. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. hope springs eternal. Uh, that's true. You never say never. I've learned that, uh, the, you know, many times <laughs> over at this point. Um, look, this whole situation with Hillary Clinton, obviously, those of us that were part of the campaign, those of us in the family, we all knew from the very beginning, the nonsense about any collusion with Russia was just that total nonsense. It was garbage. Uh, I, you know, my husband always jokes we couldn't have colluded with Iowa because we were a very <laughs> grassroots campaign. You know, none of us had political experience. This was our first time around. And quite frankly, we were just going by, you know, what we knew and, and our gut and and trying to make sure we did all all the things the right way. Little did we know uh, Hillary Clinton and her campaign. Apparently now we fully know behind the scenes. Um, We're basically out to sabotage Donald Trump. They were, um, you know, as you just explained, doing very nefarious things, um, breaking into servers in Trump Tower, possibly breaking into servers in the White House. I don't know what sort of a punishment you uh, you give somebody for that. But look at Hillary Clinton. You said, are the walls closing in on her? I mean, she's like a cat with nine lives. I mean, how many lives at this point does she have? She it feels like she gets away with any. And everything. So obviously we're all paying attention and we 
ultimately want the right thing to happen here because I don't care whether you voted for Donald Trump or not, whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. This sort of thing is so dangerous um, to the integrity of our country. We cannot have things like this happen because, my gosh, how how bad could it get if you let things like this go unchecked, Judge? Um, it really frightens me to my core, and it should frighten every American. So whoever's behind this, whether Hillary knew or not, man, she sure was happy to post tweets about Putin's puppet talking about my father-in-law, any chance she got. Um, they need to be held accountable, whoever is behind it, and, and should be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. But, you know, Laura Trump, the truth is that, as you say accurately, that uh, Hillary Clinton was tweeting about this, you know, long before anybody even thought that there was something nefarious that was going on. But with the John Durham investigation, I mean, these are official papers that are being filed in court. Um, this is evidence uh, indicating that, Lawyers for the Clinton campaign paid a technology company to look into servers belonging uh, to in, in Trump Tower and later in the White House in order to establish an inference and a narrative to bring to government agencies linking Donald Trump to Russia. And this is from a, a filing by the special counsel, John Durham. And it was based, ironically, on potential conflicts of interest related to representation of a former Clinton uh, campaign lawyer, Michael Sussman. So um, we know he's already been charged with making a false statement to the FBI. So uh, we've got a lot of dirty hands here. And the amazing part of all of this is that Hillary Clinton, and nobody talks about this, Laura Trump, Hillary Clinton was the big dog in that group, that CFIUS group, that decided that they were going to send 15% of America's uranium, sell it, to Russia so that Russia now has uranium, which is, you know, a precursor to making a bomb or uranium, which is used to create medicines like Molly 99 for cancer patients. I mean, you know, when people realize she got 140 or 50 million dollars into the Clinton Foundation, along with her husband, Bill, getting $500,000 right after that for a speech in Moscow. But they are so good at turning it back at Republicans and turning it back at Donald Trump. It's got to be frightening because this is the United States of America. This is not a third world country. Yeah. And, you know, the irony with all this is that, I mean, how many times have we seen them try to claim, you know, Donald Trump was some foreign actor, right? Oh. We know uh, about the, the phone call with Ukraine, which became, you know, the basis for their, their faux uh, impeachment of my father-in-law. We know how many times they talked about him being some sort of a Russian agent of some variety and that we colluded with Russia, right? Then you go back, and as you just said, Judge, you break down what has actually happened and who has actually been involved with money transactions with these countries. Look at the Biden family and Ukraine. Oh. Look at the Clinton family and Russia. Yet somehow these people are – it's actually miraculous. And I mean, I hate to give them credit for anything, but man, can they spin things around and turn it back on the people that they want to put it on, whether they, you know, whether we did anything wrong or not isn't even an issue for them. What they are accusing and what they have accused Donald Trump, our family and Republicans uh, of doing, it seems like the Democrats are always the ones doing it. Um, but it is frightening because, you know, you state it, I said it, this is the United States of America. We have to know that the people 
we are electing to office the people in power, the people that are representing us are doing it, you know, from a, a place that they want the best for America, that there should never be any conflicts of interest. Um, there are a lot of questions currently about Joe Biden, the Biden family, Hunter, his ties to Ukraine, to Russia, oh. to China, to all of these different countries. And yet who's investigating it, Judge? No one. Mm-hmm. They're still obsessed with Donald Trump. You still have people out there trying to take down the Trump family, the Trump organization, Donald Trump. Look at Letitia James, the attorney general of New York. Of, uh, right. of New York. It's her only focus. She campaigned to take down Donald Trump. So, look, these people are it's really sick to see this happen in this country. And they have yet to be held accountable. Uh, I could only imagine had our family taken five dollars from Russia or Ukraine or China, the, you know, hysteria in the media. And I mean, gosh, how many impeachments could you go through for something like that for Donald Trump? I mean, well, there's the, no limit, apparently. The the amazing part of it, Laura Trump, is the fact that there are tens of millions of dollars that have gone to Hunter Biden, the president's son from Ukraine, from Russia, from China. And, you know, it it puts Joe Biden in a position. And if you believe Tony Bobolinsky and if you believe what was found out on Hunter Biden's laptop to be the case, Joe Biden allegedly is partaking in a lot of that money, which might explain his lifestyle and the number of homes that he has when he's been in government his whole life and his wife is a community college teacher. So um, the, the sad part about it all is that. You know, you've got someone like the Trump family that have always been involved in business, have never been accused of any wrongdoing. And yet Donald Trump is out of office now for well over a year and they are still focused on him. The attorney general in New York, it is frightening what she is doing, absolutely frightening that she has focused her whole campaign on getting elected to take down Donald Trump, and she is continuing to do that. But, Laura Trump, I think I think the most disappointing part of it all is that uh, the mainstream media, with this latest stuff on Hillary Clinton by John Durham, has totally ignored it, as though it never happened. And they had uh, Robert Mueller, for three and a half years or whatever it was, Americans were pitted against each other over Donald Trump and Russia. They came up with nothing. Uh, Mueller saw all this criminality that John Durham is starting to unearth now and did nothing. And yet the mainstream media is it's it's crickets. They don't want to talk about Hillary Clinton anymore. It's absolutely disgusting, Judge. Um, I got to tell you, it's the reason that, you know, people don't trust the media anymore. They, their approval rating and their, their trustability is at an all-time low at this point for, for most Americans. Um, and, you know, to have outlets, I, I get, you know, certain outlets out there, the cable outlets, but to have the, you know, main people like ABC, NBC, CBS, these are outlets that people all across the country turn to. I mean, th- they should be able to turn on their TV, turn on their radio, open up a newspaper, and get the facts. Just give us the facts. We don't need your opinion on things. The fact that you saw what happened with the Hunter Biden laptop story during the campaign in 2020, the way they made sure that no one saw that. If you even tweeted about it, your Twitter account got right. shut down. No outlet wanted to touch it. The New York Post was the only one with the guts to put it out there. And and rightly so. I mean, it has been legitimized many, many times over. But no one wanted to talk about it then. 
And now you, you just talked about the fact that you had for years on end, breathlessly, these people oh. talking about the connection to Donald Trump and Russia. And now they, they need at least they owe it to their audience, whether their audience likes Donald Trump or not, to at least say, here's some new information on this garbage that we gave you for three years that people were hysterical about. I mean, it is absolutely disgraceful and disgusting, but people have very little trust in the media at this point. It's so sad to know that you cannot just get the facts again and make your own conclusions about what is going on. That's what we used to have. And sadly, it still feels like we're, we're continuing in the wrong direction here. I don't know how this ever writes itself or if it does, but they should at least owe it to their audience to, you know, they owe it to them to give them the information that's out there. Well, yeah, because it's factual. What uh, Laura Trump, what John Durham is filing is uh, is something that is factual, is occurring and is, is of national interest. And to say it's not is to deny that for four years people were at each other's throats over Russia and Donald Trump. And now that they're getting to the bottom of it, which shows that someone from the Clinton campaign was paying to check on uh, the servers and then to hack. Uh, those servers to make it look as though Donald Trump were involved. It is it is absolutely frightening. And at the end of of all of this, they just shut it down. And uh, sometimes you feel like you're living in China, where big tech is saying you're not allowed to hear this, you're not allowed to talk about it. Uh, as far as uh, you know, we're concerned, let him let him frame Donald Trump. We're not going to come to the aid of anybody. Uh, whose last name is Donald Trump. It it is amazing, uh, Laura Trump, and it's very, very, very disappointing. But I want to ask you one thing before I let you go. Uh, In terms of the substance of Donald Trump's presidency, uh, Steve Moore uh, was on, and Steve Moore talks about the fact that when Trump left office, when President Trump left office, inflation was at 1.6%. A year later, it's almost 10%. And in January, uh, at the end of Donald Trump's four-year term, uh, we were pretty much completely independent and uh, um, exporting more oil and gas than importing. And now we're beholding to OPEC in the Middle East for oil and gas. And now every American is suffering with this inflation that is literally taking money out of the hands of Americans. What say you about that, Laura Trump, before I let you go? I mean, you know, it's just shocking to see within a year how far we can fall as a country. And, you know, you wonder, well, how much does it really matter the leadership. How much does the president really matter? You know, people think that the president's sort of a figurehead and he just, he or she might make a decision and it's not that big of a deal. They have a group of people doing things. You can very clearly see Donald Trump was in charge of this country when he was president. He made those decisions. We were, as you just said, we weren't just energy independent, which gosh, how great for a country to be energy independent. Think about how much better off we would be on so many different fronts if that were the case right now. Um, but we were a net energy exporter. We, I mean, th- things felt like they were headed in the right direction. You talked about inflation, and gosh, we all have gone to the grocery store. I feel like every week I go, I got two kids uh, that are eating up all this food. Every week it gets more expensive, and I'm lucky that I can afford yeah. to yeah. pay more money. But not everybody is, Judge. It's sad. It, it's it's sad. so sad, and it's the wrong direction. And honestly, this is what 22, uh, the midterms are going to reflect. 
how people feel about this. And come 2024, we're still on this path. Believe me, people will have had enough. Okay, uh, real fast, 2024, you said it. What do you think? Is your father-in-law, <laughs> I have to ask you this, Laura, is your father-in-law going to do it? Well, all I can say is what he said, Judge, and he says we're all going to be very happy. Now, for me, I'll tell you, I would very personally, I'd personally be very happy to see him run again, to see him win again. I think he's probably one of the few people that could turn this ship around and get us back on track. And gosh, we've got a real hole to dig ourselves out of at this point. So I'm very hopeful. I can't say I'm going to break any news today here, but I got to (laughs) respect the attempt. Well, and you know what? In terms of anyone having the ability to do it, Laura Trump, there's no question that Donald Trump has that ability. What he did when he was president in terms of the economy, in terms of winning, in terms of putting us at the top on the international uh, stage, uh, we are we're literally at a 180 from where we were. But Laura Trump, always good to have you on the show. Thanks so much for uh, joining us. We look forward to talking to you again. Okay. You got it. Anytime. Thank you. Take care. Welcome back to the Judge Jeanine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. Now it's time for me to gavel out with my closing argument. Well, folks, here it is. I'll make it real short and direct. We're in a hell of a mess. We've got, we've got our southern border is open. They're piling in last week, a couple of pedophiles, a couple of murderers uh, that we found out about. We don't even check them. We're trying to come through the southern border. Now there is a totalitarian dictator at the northern border who admires China and admires the dictatorship of China because then you can decide whatever you want to do, quote, on a dime. Uh, Prime Minister Trudeau saying he admires China more than any other country in the world. What does that tell you about that guy? And right now we've got the Freedom Convoy, the truckers who are there starting to arrest them. They're freezing their money. They don't have the ability to peacefully assemble. And as it relates to the economy, it's getting worse every day. It's not just inflation in terms of, well, it costs more to buy things, as Steve Moore told us. It's a tax. It's basically a tax by the Biden administration. Every American paying an extra $250 a month for the same things that they bought last year under Donald Trump when we were much better off. And now what we've got is the mainstream media ignoring the reality of what John Durham is doing with his investigation into the origins of the Trump-Russia collusion delusion. Alec Baldwin was sued this week by the family of Russ cinematographer Helena Hutchins after he says he accidentally killed her with a prop gun blast to her chest on a New Mexico set. Alec Baldwin Uh, was asked by George Stephanopoulos if he felt any guilt. And Alex said, no, no, I feel that there is. I feel that someone is responsible for what happened, and I can't say who that is, but I know it's not me. Alec Baldwin posts everything is going to be all right after he was sued. I think he was dreaming. He is now a defendant in a wrongful death lawsuit. And the actor being sued by the family for wrongful death uh, was holding a Colt revolver during rehearsal on set when he fired a live round on October 21st of 2021, killing her. And now her husband 
as well as the son are suing him for wrongful death. But it's not just that he held the gun from which the lethal projectile was fired, but he was an executive producer. And in the end, he was responsible for the cost-cutting efforts on behalf of that movie that caused there to be a reckless behavior and cost-cutting that led to the senseless and tragic death of Helena Hutchins. And according to the law firm, there were several numerous violations of industry standards. I should say the... uh, Uh, according to the law firm that's representing uh, Helena Hutchins' family. Uh, And by the way, in case you didn't know it, the gun armorers were amateurs. They didn't have the experience needed. There were two, uh, uh, apparently, uh, firings, two accidental discharges on the set. One explosive device also was accidentally set off. So um, the claim is that producers rushed shooting on a film to stay on schedule and they ignored numerous complaints and safety violations. So you know what? One of the things that that is so obvious from all of this is that uh, Alec Baldwin, who says he feels no responsibility, he's not responsible, I think is absolutely shameful. I'm not saying that he intended to kill Helena Hutchins. I don't think anyone is saying that. But don't absolve yourself so quickly. There's a civil lawsuit, and it'll be interesting to find out what's happened. But in the meantime, I will be on it all week putting together news for next Sunday's show on the Judge Janine Tunnel to Towers Foundation show. And I can't believe that we're out of time already, but make sure that you join us right back here next week. Same time, same place. I love everybody. Have a great day. Take care. Bye. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.